Parrish here, founder of Flying Solo. This episode is supported by Flying Solo's premium membership. Stacks of low-cost tools and promotional benefits to help your business thrive. More details on the website. Now on to the show, and I'm speaking to Brad Krauskopf, who I've known for a number of years from Hub Australia. Hello, Brad. Hey, how are you doing there, Robert? Good. Look, about time I spoke to you. It's been <laughs> it too long. So um, for those people that don't know you, you established Hub co-working spaces you're now into your 10th year it's uh c- coming on to our 10th yeah. year yeah so it's, it's pretty exciting to have gone through all that of these quick, years of it? co-working yes. <laughs> yeah, just. yeah i remember when i first uh i first met you was in your uh one of your melbourne spaces and as you reminded me just before we hit record that uh, in those days we were sitting on milk crates with. Yes. What did you say? You put cushions. We put on. cushions on them, and we got the we borrowed the chairs. And look, it was co it, it was a very different world back then. It was yeah, still it finding its feet and finding yeah. its way. Um, yeah. It really has changed. I mean, there are still those places. It seems to me that have milk crates and ping pong tables and bean bags, um, but they are. There seem to be less of them, and they seem to be quite sort of location specific. Like if I go to a a small co-working space in bar and I might expect that but you yours might you know you've established at a much more professional level now what in a nutshell how do you see the sort of the Australian state of co-working these days yeah. well look the, the Australian state of co-working is actually really great um, the you know, from its humble beginnings you know it really has developed into being a part of how every business thinks about how should I provide my workspace. Mm. And that's whether you're a, a one-person organisation that is uh, joining a co-working space to escape the isolation of home um, through to a, a growing or scaling or organisation or through to a corporate indeed yes. that they're looking to have either project space or indeed permanent space where they can locate teams. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, workspace is all about helping you attract and retain staff. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. That that's a great way to think about it. And tell me how co-working is now. Did you see that ten years ago, or no, has it surprised I, you? I, look, I no, I didn't. Right. I, I, look, we we were just we were just doing something to to to, to bring people together, like okay. uh, so more community, more led. more more more, yeah. more community led. Um, you know, I guess what what there was a, a realization there where you know the community also had to be have a, a profitable business there yep. as well in yep. in, in uh, and you know we eventually worked out that actually from our humble beginnings we've actually developed what it, you know I stand behind as the, as the best premium product yeah. um, in 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 Australia and that was where we found that we were able to best serve um, our customers create a great co-working community and also have a, 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 a profitable business. Yeah, look, we'll come back to that thing about profitable businesses in a minute, um, if, if we may. But the, it's interesting that you, you talk about a premium product. And look, we are talking today, you know, in your gorgeous customs house, Sydney hub space, which, you know, to be fully transparent, is where I happen to work. <laughs> Uh, and have done happily since it opened. And prior to that, I was in your Darlinghurst Hyde Park place. Um, and you call them premium, and yet, and this, I'm trying desperately not to make this sound like an ad, um, but it's called premium, and yet it's still really affordable for a little guy like me, you know, for a lot of the sort of flying solo audience. I come in here a couple of days a week, basically to escape my home office, 
um, to escape my family, don't tell them. Um, and just because I like to have meetings in the city, it makes me feel good to come to an office. And it's not expensive, so... Look, part of how co-working has worked mm. is, you know, whether you're a small organisation or indeed a large organisation, the, the, the business model actually works. I mean, contrary to yeah. what you often read in the press, particularly with, with, with WeWork, and I'm sure we'll get onto that later yeah. on, uh, the business model does work. Mm. Uh, and you are able to create value over and above what it uh, costs you to, um, you know, to pay the rent and pay the wages, yeah. and a big part of how um, you know Hub develops that premium side of things that I'm talking yes. is, you know, it's not just a, a a premium fit out in like a customs house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I never believed that we'd get to run something in customs no, house when we no. started Hub out, but it's the way that would the service layer. Um, okay. So whether it's the cafe or whether it's the amenity yes, and okay. most importantly the type of um, yes. staff that we have here at Hub, yes. they create a certain feeling. An air of prim premium yeah. quality. Yeah. And it's not just quality, it's just mm. um, it's a welcomeness. So, so you know, it's, yes. Hub's purpose is to create a home for businesses to grow. Yes. Yes. Um, and that has, that has that's grounded in um, making sure that everybody has a, loves where they come to work each day. Yeah, uh, and you know we know that if um, if the teams of organisations are mm. loving where they're coming into work each day, they're going to stay. Yes, and you know whilst when we started, you could measure our membership in the terms of number of months. Now we measure it in the number of years. Yeah, okay. Because people base themselves here to grow something. Yep. They don't base themselves here because they're just in transition. No, okay, that's interesting. And they and knowing how you set your spaces up here, and so I've been to a few of them now, is you, you have very different, like you have places like for people like me, where I can hop in and use a pretty well what would, would have been known as a hot desk kind of spot, yep. wherever I want. And if I'm feeling social, I'll go and sit in the cafe. And if I'm feeling antisocial, which happens to be most of the time, I'll go and find <laughs> myself a nice quiet corner somewhere. But then for, for increasingly I see businesses, again, some of them small, some of them not at all small, some of them very large, some of them very international that are using you as a kind of a satellite place. But they, have, they might have a four-person office or a six-person office or a 12-person. So do, people, do you find people are growing and staying within Hub? They're not growing and leaving necessarily, no, are they? But there, there is a point that people leave, but particularly with where real estate prices have been going yeah. in Sydney and Melbourne, yeah. the the point at which it becomes financially more attractive to go and get a lease, it yep. just keeps on pushing out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but surely then, isn't isn't that? And this will get us back to you know we both sort of touched on on uh, WeWork to some extent. Is not your model based so much on real estate prices? Uh, and you know WeWork, we've got this ludicrous it seems to me, and, and I'm I, I'm going to ask questions that will appear naive because they are, because I just don't understand it all. But you know, they, they posted, I think, the end of 2019, we're now in early 2020, but you know, in 2019, a loss of 1.25 billion, then they got a rescue package, somebody chucks in five billion to keep it. What the heck, what's all that about? Yeah. I mean, is that? Yeah, look, it, it's not your naivety there, it's because okay. it didn't make sense, and essentially no. that's what happened. did you that, know that's it what didn't happened. make sense all the way through? I, I think, look, I think everybody knew it, but um, yeah. the, look, it, it sold itself as a tech company. Like, yeah. Hub thinks of itself as a hospitality company. Okay. Um, where, um, you know, we, we work as, you know, in 
it's it's a real estate company. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're selling that many desks, you're competing yeah. with landlords. You're not competing with hub. Yeah. Um, I guess what happened there was that look a couple of things. The um, they they managed to sell such a high valuation mm. that they needed to figure out how to grow into it. Yeah. So all of their energy and all of their time went into how do we justify being valued 20 and then later $47 billion. Okay. And that's where they grew at a rate, like they had like a couple of hundred locations last year. Like I, yeah. I had two just in Australia. Yeah. Um, and that focus on growing into a valuation mm. rather than focusing on the customer, yes. that, that has a lot to do yeah. with where they've, they've, they've suddenly ended up. Um, and then the second one is, and, you know, this is more of a, a, a governance thing that will be taught and studied at schools of, you know, how did you end up having a, a founder with uh, that, that many billions of dollars and full mm. control of the company without yes. checks and balances? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think, so, it, yeah. It, it, you, but you, so, but <laughs> in terms of, you know, I'm just intrigued as to what it must have felt like for you. You know, here you are, you've got um, you know, a business that's got a, a strong and growing reputation here. You know, you, I think of you, uh, whilst you might not have been the first, uh, certainly a pioneer from the small business kind of perspective, that's the way I kind of view it, if that makes any kind of sense. How was it for you to, to, to see all this going? I mean, did you get home one night and go, my goodness, based on that, I must be worth $4 billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the next day, I oh, know I'm worth $24 billion. It, 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 it's, mean, hard, it's hard not to when you, when you see your business where you dream of one day getting to double-digit yes. uh, e, e, EBITDA valuations yeah. uh, where somebody else doesn't even have an EBITDA mm. and, they're doing, um, and they're doing 20, 30 times rev. Mm. It, look, but it always had that sense of... Um, it, it, it perverted the market as well because it enabled them to offer deals to customers yeah. which essentially don't allow you to run a profitable company. Um, yes, they allow okay. you to fill desks yeah. um, and get some revenue because ultimately you're trying to sell a business mm. uh, how they were spinning it as a tech company which is based on a rev multiple, right. um, not on a basis of an EBITDA model. Okay. So, look, it's incredibly frustrating when you see deals getting done. That you when, know you just can't compete We know we just can't do. Yes, um, and also, you know, their cost of capital being just mm. so much lower. But um, I guess, you know, we've seen a reckoning now. Yeah. And, and look, that, that was always going to come at some yeah. point or and another. And does it feel slightly better for you now? It's, is it, does yeah, it, it, it does. Everything actually. is a bit more yeah. real again, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Like we've had to bat off, um, you know, questions around the business model and what yes. forth. But I, like the business model for flexible workspace, you know, co-working didn't invent this business model. You know, we came as the latest version of flexible sure. workspace, which for 20 years there, the serviced office was the, yep. the most known form yeah. um, of, of, of flexible workspaces. Um, and then co-working really kicked in because what, um, what businesses needed in the 21st century was much more about connectivity and feeling like a part of something bigger yeah. and how do I connect globally? Whereas though previously it was about the um, amenity and the, you know, the reception and the appearing like you had lots of different yes. offices even when you were a small business. Yes. Um, that changed when you went in you, when when businesses started growing at the rate of technology, and when um, 
you had all this digital disruption, which, you know, digital disruption has even affected bricks and mortar um, offices. Mm. And when, and that's when the co-working model caught on. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of people still think of co-working as a big open space with yes. desks everywhere. And, and ping pong tables. It, 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 it's not that. No, it's not. Um, it, you know, every business when they grow, and we tend to find that it's about two, three people, um, they, um, they, they want to have an office. Yes. So, you know, most of the desks in, and, and Hub still has more open spaces than most. Yep. Uh, like WeWork has 99% yep. of their desks in private offices. Yeah. Right. Um, the, um, um, but, but most of Hubs are, are in private offices and that's because our main customer are growing businesses that have between the five and 50 people. Yes. Um, and they want to have their own space so they yeah. can build their own culture yes. and their own brand. Yeah, I must say what I like, what I observe, <clears throat> and we'll maybe come on to talk a bit about the community because I know that's, that's such an important thing for you and it's, you know, it's kind of at the heart of, of the work that I, that I do as well, is that I notice that um, even those companies that have an office they're, they're, they seem to be rarely in it. Yeah. You know, they're kind of wandering around and when they yeah. take phone calls, they go and sit somewhere else. <clears throat> so how do, you, how do you kind of nurture community in Hub? Yeah, I mean, sure. I've got, I, could, I could say how I think you do it, but I want to know how, how you think you yeah. do it. Yeah, so the, the, the first thing is you work on it and you never stop. Mm. The, the, the community will not build itself. Yep. Um, so we know that we have to always work on it. Um, that is such a good point, and it's something that took me a while to get when we started flying solos. Yeah. Just because you've got a lot of people there doesn't mean there's a community. There's a, yeah, and yeah. it's not like you build the walls <clears throat> no. and then it's done. Yeah. It's never done. You're always building it. The second one is, and I'll link this to the, to, 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 to the business model of um, most co-working spaces, and particularly the smaller ones and the ones that you see that are now starting to disappear, mm. there's just not enough gas in the tank. Mm. And so what we've done is we have worked out how we can provide a service that our customers yeah. like, and then we have enough staff that they actually have enough time <laughs> yes. to be able to get That's to so know important. the members. Yeah, community is not a shared kitchen Exactly, and this is where you know, like you know, we work in the other big space. Like they're mm. so big, mm. but they've got even less staff than 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 than, than hub. Yeah. and so it's just again, these are the most non-rocket science things. It's yeah. like realize you've got to keep on doing it, and then have enough staff that you actually have the capacity to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And it's like if I think about it, I think you know the cafes that I want to go back to are the ones where after three or four visits, the barista remembers what she coffee does. I want. Yeah, ex they might exactly. even remember my name. And I get that here. You know, I still get a little bit surprised when somebody walks around and goes, oh, morning, Robert. I think, we, yeah, we, we've, got, we've got enough people. Mm -hmm. And then so the, the third one is um, we've made creating a great place to work for our team, our staff at Hub, um, one of our our, our, you know, our key focus. Yeah. Um, and look, it's, it, again, it's not rocket science to think if I make a really great um, environment for our staff at Hub, they're probably going to make a really great environment for our, our members and customers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in making sure that we create a great place to work for our team, they then in turn bring that 
to how do I make a great place for Robert to work yeah. and how do I make a great place for everybody everybody else that comes into Hub each day. Mm. Um, and, then, and then finally, it's creating the programming and the, um, the possibilities for interactions with okay. other members. So you mean like events, things that pull people together? Exactly. Yeah, okay. And look, and this again was where a lot of co-working, they think, oh, we'll whack a lunch and learn on and we'll do a Friday night drinks and hey, I've got community. Mm. But you got to do the first bits there. Yes. And then what I've also seen as the, 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 the final kicker to it is if you can create a culture where people are connecting to each other, um, that'll nail it because at the end of the day the hub team is always i know we've got enough staff on board mm. but we're never going to be able to put a hundred staff on board yes. um we're <clears> always <throat> limited by our business model but if we can make it so that robert knows uh hey it's my job to also connect members to other yes. members then you start to get into like the secret source of things of how you really build yeah. a sustainable community. I think I, okay that's good uh, interesting to hear your you know your 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 strategies around it and and you know it, say I, I observe it works the other thing i guess i think and it's interesting you know i remember when i went to my work to my well in fact my work first um co-working space was um in the late 1980s in a, oh, wow. <laughs> in a big world warehouse in London. So I don't know what they called it, but they didn't call it a co-working space. But anyway, that's, that's, that's just showing my age. But um, the first sort of co-working space I worked in uh, in Sydney was one where uh, you could just kind of see from the outside, this, this is, can't possibly work. We were given so much. You know, free food, free coffee. It was just yeah. like, it was never going to last. But um, the other thing I observed there is is this thing with kind of free drinks on a Friday or those kind of things. Is it? And uh, and again, I see parallels when we when we were growing the flying solo community. Is if you do a free drinks thing, yes, you get a lot of people going to that. But the people that strikes me that are the most important are the four or five or six or ten percent who don't go to that, yeah, sure. and they intentionally don't want to go to that. Because there's a, there's there's a difference between community and cliques, sure. <laughs> and it, it's interesting. Have you come across that? Have you yeah. had to kind of break up cliques within uh, your uh, yes. within your sort of history? Look, as we've uh, evolved to um, the the focus on the more the growing businesses and the larger yeah. side, but they've got their own little community as well there, yes. so they're not completely dependent. No, yeah. you don't want to mess with that. Yeah. And we've also, real, you know, so we, we weren't the only way that people were getting connection by coming into work, yes. which is absolutely what the case was when our co-working was only for freelancers. Yes. You know, we were the one source of how do yes. I get a drink each week and yes. how do I escape the isolation of home? So yes. that's changed now because most, yeah. uh, most of the people here are in, employees of organizations in yeah. not uh, a freelancer or a founder yes. um, but learning to put programming together to appeal to the diverse mix of people here yeah. you know this this is something that we'll, we'll never figure out <laughs> we're just going to keep on we're well, just never going to stop you've got trying to keep spinning the plates <laughs> haven't you and work and fiddling and trying and, you know, yeah. times of day, yeah. topics, yeah. these are things which we will, we will, will constantly be figuring yeah. out how well, to Well, I think it. the lovely thing there, it's so good, again, I think for our listeners, is that's marketing. That's, yeah. you know, so much of that is, will that work then, but it doesn't work now? And, and, you know, why didn't that work? And how can I do more of that? And it's, you know, you're seeing that on a daily basis. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I'm kind of going to draw us 
slowly towards a close. But another thing I'm, I'm intrigued about, so here, let's say, we're in Customs House, you know, one of the most beautiful buildings right on the harbour in Sydney. You've got some gorgeous buildings, I know, down in Melbourne. You're also in Adelaide. In Adelaide and in Brisbane. And in Brisbane, right. So, I mean, architecture and buildings, they're important to you, right? So stature, the building you're in, that's clearly you don't go, you're not going out into the, you know, the boondocks to get the cheapest properties. No. You're, you're doing the reverse of that. Yep. So when you stand outside, like I can't imagine what it was like when somehow Customs House became available. I almost fell off my chair when I heard you. I thought, how on earth did they get in there? Anyway, you have. So when you stand outside the building, who are you standing with? Have you got like uh, a, an interior person, you've got an architect, and how do you decide, okay, guys, in this place, we're gonna do this theme, this style, this yeah. feel. How, what's that process? Because uh, again, I think there's parallels when any small business is considering a new market and you're confronted with an opportunity I'm just intrigued by your process. How do you do it? Sure. So I guess at the start, and I have this stat in my head because we had it at our staff conference on um, on Friday. Um, we worked out that John had looked at 236 properties um, to get down to the two that we've signed on this year. Wow. So you know, for starters, we look at a lot of spaces, yep. um, and then we look for them to be unique and iconic, yep. and we look for a building with a story. You know, like when you come into work each day, you don't want to be going, oh, I'm going to work for this thing or I'm going into, you know, you, you, you're looking to be a part of something bigger. Yep. And so we let the building talk to us about um, what, what the space should be. Okay. And, you know, if you go, every hub you go to, it should feel like a hub. Right. but it's meant to have adapted and we allow our design to adapt. So, you know, Hub doesn't have a, a cookie cutter. Um, we will drop our exact same design in everywhere. There's, you don't do that. We don't do no, that. There's a certain that. amount of, uh, uh, you know, offices and things we need to do for our business model and because yep. we know our customers want, but we let the building... Um, but who does that? That's not Brad, surely. So, it, 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 do you do it that? used to be, oh, okay. but now, now we've got our internal team. We've got, okay. you know, we've got, um, we've got Lena, our national design manager, and then we work with Hassel and we work with Bates Smart oh, okay. um, as a as, um, couple of design so partners. So you have got a crew that come along with you. And do you say, this is the building I'm just about to sign on? Or do you say, I'm thinking about signing on this, what do you no, think? Look, we, we, we would have made the decision okay. um, before that, like internally. Oh, okay. um, and you know, we've got to do a lot of homework on the, the, the you know, will the lease stack up course, over 10 sure. years? Um, but then when we, and it, like I actually love the design thing. If I could I'll just come in and do the design yeah. stuff, I, I, I'd, I'd be a happy person. I, I really love it. Well, if um, ever you want to be a soloist and do that, you know, we'll, we'll help you. Okay? I'm, I'm, I, there you yeah. go. I, yeah. I, I heard you're good at that. <laughs> um, so, um, and then what, we, what, what, what we've also worked out is that it does keep on evolving. Like you've got to constantly get feedback. Yeah. Um, and what we've found is that you've got to get most of it right at the start, but yep. then also have enough um, flexibility that as you go on and the, the size of different organisations, mm. it's unbelievable to see how much bigger the organisations have become mm. that are attracted to co-working. Isn't that interesting? It, 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 it's, yeah. it's bizarre. But, so I'm going to bring it back um, to our audience again, yep. right? Because I don't... 
once uh, I don't want people listening to think, well, that's not the place for me. And again, not sure, because no, I'm good not call. because I'm trying to promote her because I'm apps actually not even, you know, though uh, I can't help when I do. But so where does a, where does a solo business person, yeah, a good. micro, how do they fit in? It, it, it's it's a it's a great question. And look, one of the things that I encourage everybody to do when they're looking at um, at, at a co-working space is look at a few. Because there's a, yeah, there's, a there's a lot to do with the culture and the personality. Um, we like we do have a you know we've got hundreds of freelancers that still are part of Hub out of the few thousand members. So yeah. it, 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 we've got lots more freelancers in absolute terms than we used to have. It's just right. that as a proportion um, of our total yeah. community, okay. it's it's a smaller proportion. But the types of freelancers that pick us. They do it for a very particular reason of connecting with those larger organisations, connecting with the more professional environment in the locations that we are. Yep. But there's lots of uh, locations and lots of different providers. Yep. So pick the one that suits you. Yep. And like I, I encourage everybody to see whether they're more on the creative tip, they're on the professional tip, um, and work out um, what one best matches you. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So you've got to be really. So I think if you, if you, as somebody who might be looking at co-working, say the way I I use it is perfect for me. You know, I like to get away from my home office for a couple of days a week. I like to stay in contact with people, so I come into the city and, and have some meetings. Um, and I like to you know put on a jacket and a clean shirt and, <laughs> and you know kind of come to work. Um, but I, I also don't personally. I don't come to connect too much. Yeah. Um, but and that's where I found that is a good point that you make about trying different places. Like I was in a different one of your places earlier that had a much younger demographic, um, much more upbeat, and it didn't kind of work for me. Too much going on. <laughs> yep. Whereas you know, so that's that's a great point to go and check them out. And I think that. Um, you can connect or not connect as much as you wish. There's no, there's no requirement there's no pressure. to do it. No, there's not, is there? Yeah. And the thing I loved, and it still surprises me, is when you go in somewhere, you know, it's like going <clears throat> to any new place or to somebody's dinner party or something, a little bit of trepidation. But I don't kind of get that in co-working spaces now. You know, you go in and within 10 minutes, you've got your own little domain, wherever that is, you're hooked in, you're onto Wi-Fi, you're working in it, it yep. just, and that's what you want. You, you, you can walk into a co-working mm. space and walk out eight hours later and yeah. not talk to anybody mm. if you choose to do so. Yeah. And that's part of the, yes. you know, that's part of the culture because sometimes you just need, yeah. you came in because you just need to get yeah. your damn work done. I remember, I, I think <laughs> and, um, in the last place I was in, the most conversation I had was with the, um, the AI voice in the lift. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so there you go. So look, finally, to wrap us up, um, first 10 years, you know, you're into your 10th year, 10th year now, uh, 2020. Uh, what's next? How are we going to see? In a nutshell, how do you see this whole thing evolving for us? Yeah. Look, just I guess for Hub, it's 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 doubling down on the um, on the market and the areas that we're that we're, that we're in, um, and in particular, you know, we, we 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 we've worked hard to get our spaces and our locations and the the service levels right. Now what it is, is how can we be adding more value for our members to grow their business? Mm -hmm. 
and opportunities for their teams and their, 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 their staff to, um, to have professional development, to look at health and wellness. So that'll be our, that, that's that new area mm. where we're able to add value. Yeah, I noticed you're doing that a bit here, some well, wellness themes. I've been to a couple of presentations. So yeah, I, I walked in so a couple a of So that's a very important thing to you. Obviously. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it is. And, you know, the, 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 there's only so much you can invest in fit out yeah. before, you know, what you really need to do is how do I invest in the, the, the I guess, the softer stuff and yeah. the things that can add value in different ways beyond the desk and, be, and yeah. beyond the great location. So uh, 2020 and beyond many more venues? <laughs> Look, uh, and I guess steady growth. The, so, the okay. One thing is the industry of co-working is just still growing. Yeah. Like an, and you know, not at a few percent each year. It, it is still growing at a mm. really steady clip. Um, but what we're needing to do is to make sure that every time you do something, you do it really well. Yeah. Because there's no room for, for people to not be doing something great anymore in co-working because there's a lot of options and there's a lot of operators. Okay. So how many places have you got now? We've got seven. Yeah. So 2022, I think we'll have a dozen. Um, you know, so it's not like we're suddenly thinking, how do I have 50 spaces? Right. It, you know, it's how do we keep growing with our businesses? and then also forming relationships with landlords to, 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 to help them operate um, their flexible work So I think it's quite ironic and maybe vaguely entertaining that the one person who probably can't sit down and really enjoy the spaces is you. Because <laughs> you well, must be looking around going, oh, what's that I, doing? That needs repainting. You, 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 you know what? Um, I've, I actually have been walking around just recently and, you know, the, our, our, our spaces and our team, you know, they're, 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 they're looking good and I'm, I enjoy sitting in the cafe. Yeah, so you haven't got a desk at WeWork or anything? No, no okay. absolutely not. I don't even have a desk at Hub. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? No, I, I, the, the cafe is my... Um, Oh, okay. is, is my domain. That, that's where I hang okay. and um, uh, you know, just get to do a lot of my time meeting with people. Great. And, All right. Well, look, good luck with the next decade. We'll yeah. talk no, to you again. And, and it's great to still be chatting with yeah. you, Robert. Thanks great. a lot, Brett. Okay. Well, look, this episode was supported by Flying Solo's premium membership stacks of low-cost tools and promotional benefits to help your business thrive. More details on the website. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 